Welcome back to the Max Your Dash podcast. Thank you for listening, liking, and now watching. As usual, I'm your host, Steve, my co-host, Nate, here again. Mark is back. We fired Adam. It's kind of like a whole thing. <laughs> Ratings are down. Mark and Adam are are fighting for this spot. Yeah, if you listen, let us know who you like better, Mark or Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Please say Adam. Mark goes yesterday. He's like, if you guys want me on every time, like that's fine. You know, it's completely Just up to you guys. But you know, like, you know, whatever you want to do. Well, you know, it's taking up time on the calendar, right? This. Yeah, but this is a uh, this, this is, is fun though. To it is also a free lunch break when you guys you know just cancel on me. Hmm. We don't we don't do that often, do we? <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, I didn't give you guys time to think about your Max or Dash moments. If you're new here, we do a Max or Dash moment in the beginning of the episode. So we talk about fun, happy. Make sure you tell them to to yeah 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 of course. Uh, Max or Dash moments, time we were feeling most fulfilled since our last episode. Just spreading. Spreading good things we've been doing. Um, but as Nate just said, if you're watching this and you're not subscribed, which is like 80% of you, I looked at the analytics, like 80% of people watching our episodes what? aren't subscribed. It's a lot of robots. It's um, like it's like they're purposely trying to hurt our business. Yeah, problem. dude, it's crazy. So please hit the subscribe button and click the little thumbs up too. leave a comment. Let us know what's going on. Um, we would really appreciate it. Um Max your dash moments. Boom. You're going to make me go. Yeah, I can. I, I'm thinking of mine too right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, are you guys doing anything for Memorial Day? I got a packed weekend with barbecues and yard work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, max or dash moment for me. I, I can't. <clears throat> I can't use the PGA because I used that in our last episode. That hasn't dropped yet. <laughs> <laughs> so the PGA Championship was actually two weeks ago, if you're listening to this. Okay. <laughs> I, all right. I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I told you guys I was going to – I'm going to be bringing up food a lot. Last night – so – oh, this is easy. What am I talking about? So this past weekend, I went down to, with my buddy to do a turkey hunt. Andy Steiner, he's definitely got to be a subscriber. Um we had a blast. We had such a good time. We uh, I got two turkeys tagged out. We had an absolute riot last night. I made turkey fajitas, uh, in on the grill. So good, so good. Little thin strips seasoned with fajita seasoning, peppers, onions, char grilled. <laughs> Where do you guys stay when you're doing this? <clears throat> so the I just stayed in this house. Oh, mud huts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. but like the process of hunting to the dinner table is so much joy for me. You guys know that. Yeah, you do love that. Um, all right, I'll go. <clears throat> like I told you guys in a couple episodes prior, my my pops has lost a lot of weight, so he's been like lifting weights and stuff. Mm. And we worked out together, and it was fun. Never worked out with my dad. You guys know I. I mean, I don't like working out anymore, but I do it. So it was just, it was weird doing it with him, but it was fun. Remember when we used to work out together, you and I, and you would put me through the absolute most brutal workouts of all time. We had to hang from the bars afterwards to try to get the blood like out of your shoulders. I was I was smoked. Those were simpler times, Nate. (laughs) Simpler times. No, we weren't filming a podcast. Yeah, we were just at the gym. All right, Mark. I bet I can guess yours before you go, but you could go. No, I don't. 
Well, the normal ones are what? Golf, bourbon. <laughs> and Enzo. Enzo. I'm, okay. He's um, Duncan. No, I, was, I wasn't going to pick that one, but it was a funny video. Um, no, I, I had a uh, new brother-in-law and sister-in-law's wedding this past weekend, which was, was a lot of fun. Um, met some cool people there, but the part about Enzo... He got in a little some overalls and uh, bow oh, yeah, tie thing. And it was I was just dying laughing. That was it was awesome. Too too funny seeing him like that, dude. It's your first wet. Is that your first wedding of the season, dude? That one year you literally had like a wedding every weekend. Yeah, I mean, we got a few more I think this year, but um, no. But he was wouldn't move, wouldn't talk to anyone. Basically, the entire time we were there, and like he wasn't there for long. He was there for like mm-hmm. thirty five minutes. Um, but as soon as they turned the music on for everyone to start walking down the aisle, mm-hmm. that was when he decided he wanted to get on the ground and run around. That's amazing. So I had to take him outside and he was just splashing his feet in a puddle and, you know, doing his thing. So we missed the whole, uh, reception <laughs> or ceremony. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was fun. Sounds like we did some stuff. Right. I mean, yeah, it was, it was an action packed weekend. Yeah. It sounds like that's Memorial Day. Um. All right. Talking about the stock market today. Last episode was when April we talked about the market. So some stuff has happened. End of April, you said. April nineteenth. It is. We are filming this on May twenty fifth. So. So since then, I think we we had a Fed meeting. We got to talk about that. Yep. We got some inflation numbers. Inflation. We're. We have the debt ceiling approaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are we going to default? What does that mean? Never have before. So I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll just keep increasing the debt ceiling. You know, what the US it, has been downgraded before, though. They have. They just never defaulted on their debt. Mm-hmm. I just saw something. A lot of, of people. This is actually. Bad. This wasn't on our agenda, but let's talk about this for a second. A lot of people definitely buy into the the hype around this. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should. Explain how this. Well, works. it's like a buzzword. Everyone loves talking about the. Oh my the god! Debt we're going to default on our debt. We're truly in the, Yeah. It becomes very political. <clears throat> what does it mean? We well, so if they <laughs> if they don't raise the debt ceiling, then next next month, if they if they do a government <laughs> shutdown, they're not going to be able to pay the interest on their debt. Well, so if they don't uh, increase the limit on their credit card bill, you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. So they won't. It's so we're. I think. I think they right now have to borrow more money so they could pay the interest on on their debt. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so um, this is federal net debt as a percentage of GDP in 2023 is 98 percent. So 98 percent of our GDP is, is the the same as our debt ratio projected by 2033 to be 118.2 percent. Mm-hmm. That's it sounds good. very concerning. Yeah. But this happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've raised the debt ceiling something like it's like 70 times since like 1960 or something like that. So it's they they do it all the time. It's going to it more than likely is going to happen, but it is a real problem. We do need to fix it. They have to get this under control. I mean, we can't keep running at a deficit and spending more than our country's GDP. That's not good. Pay your taxes. God. The government needs your money. Yeah. <laughs> so don't I don't envy the person that's gonna have to fix this. Um or hopefully they do fix it, but 
maybe not. Maybe they'll just keep increasing the debt ceiling. So um, if you're new to our market commentary episodes and you're watching or listening this, we like to just talk about the the biggest things that have happened since the last episode. But the most important thing is like, how does it impact you? What does it mean for you? So you can, because you probably hear a lot of stuff like throughout your day or week or month about stuff that's going on in the stock market. But I'll like the most important thing is like, okay, what does this mean for me? Do I need to make any changes? Like, should I be like, things are going through your head and that's what we try to answer for you in these episodes, the biggest things that happened. And then what does that mean for you? So the, the risk of that, of, of a default here would be until they figure it out any interest on like money market funds or short, you know, treasuries that are going to, that, that interest won't get paid out in that month, but they're going to, they will make up for it. They'll get that back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, very unlikely to change. And, and, and it's, it's like, it's political posturing. Mm-hmm. The Republicans and Democrats are going to fight this thing to the last possible minute to yeah. then strike a deal. And it's just going to sound really bad. And it's the Republicans way to make the Democrats look bad. And Democrats are going to try to make, it's just, it's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. And it'll sound really, really bad. You'll be watching the news. People are going to be throwing the remote at their TV, (laughs) complaining about the government. Who's a reality show. And it'll just get increased and then life will be back to normal. This might be a bad analogy or a perfect analogy, but um, imagine if you're like you, you used the the government as like your guide, and every time you maxed out a credit card, the plan was to just go get another credit card to give you more limit to spend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if that was the plan, that is absolutely awful. So don't use them as a role model. Mm-hmm. You know, when you max out your credit card, okay, don't no big deal. Keep that one maxed out. Just go get another one. They just weren't on auto pay. <laughs> they just let that thing keep going. They must not have a monthly finance meeting. What are they doing? It's not actually that simple though. No, yeah, we bring it. Yeah, there's there is actually some good to like having the government spending a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So what happened in this last Fed meeting? The Fed raised rates. Well, so part part of well, actually, this is a good transition here. So Fed raised rates were between five and five and a quarter right now. It's not what they call the average five point one three. But one of the reasons that there's a chance of these rates stopping or I guess not increasing further and hopefully cuts coming soon afterwards. That is interested that, you know, when they issue debt, they have to pay these high, this high interest. So they're, they can't keep, you know, having interest be this high mm-hmm. when GDP is not even close to the same number because they have to pay that interest. So there's, there's going to be a come a time here where like, I mean, how high can they really go considering the fact that they're going to have to pay interest? Pay, this yeah. interest? Um, so I, I would, I would guess that we're, we are nearing the end now. Probabilities changed a lot. Um, I well, yeah, remember when we had that thing up of like what the market is thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> did we talk about that last time from when, like, what I think, think we talked like right, either right after the last fed meeting or yeah. something like that. But yeah. Let's, let's recap for a second how, where we're at. So. And we've talked about this every episode, but I think it's important. The number one, public enemy number one has been inflation. The Fed has been trying to get inflation under control. And we've talked in previous episodes about why that's so important. Where are we at on that right now? On inflation? Mm-hmm. Um, core CPI, or sorry, headline CPI, 5%. Core CPI, 5.5%. And then the estimate for April for core PCE is 4.5%. 
So those are all those and are those all are year numbers. over year numbers. Correct. And what was it like at its peak? Nine um, something. Good question. I think it was like around nine or ten at its peak. Eight point nine percent headline. Was it a peak of inflation? Mm-hmm. So the question is: Is it easing fast enough <clears throat> where the Fed can feel good about not raising rates anymore? Well, it didn't ease in the last. Well, I'm two talking months. about years, year over year. Yeah, so that's something that listeners. To, this is an opportunity to educate. So when you see the headline number, it's a year over year percentage change, mm-hmm. but they do track the month over month percentage changes too. And the month over month went up. Yes. So year over year down, month over month yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the month over month though too, it's like so skewed based on categories. Like some with used car sales, like certain categories are like much higher, which brings like the month over month mm-hmm. number like a little bit more skewed. Which is what happened. I mean, right. used cars, went, they went from negative nine percent month over month in march to positive 4.4 percent in april which is not great so potentially inflation is sticky right when you look at that mm-hmm. month over month stuff but it's not transitory definitely not transitory. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is that is but i saw something maybe mark you know this maybe we could chat gpt this but there's i saw something um, from somewhere on Twitter land that uh, like there's basically never been a time where we've gotten inflation under control until the Fed rate was higher than CPI. Like once you cross, once the Fed's rate is actually higher than CPI, historically speaking, that has like been the thing that has had to happen for it to really truly get mm-hmm. under control. And we're kind of now there. Yeah. Is it like right, right there? Um, like neck and neck. <clears throat> that's a good question. So <clears throat> probably figure this out relatively easily i think well you just said fed rates at like five and a quarter right yeah and cpi was like five right yeah year over year so we're like right there mm-hmm. at a standstill and i think that's kind of it seems like that's sort of the tone of the fed is they're like okay we're not really sure which direction we're going next now yeah but we kind of gotten to a better place we need to now just sort of like monitor yeah and no one really knows for sure what's going to happen Um, so public enemy number one is inflation. We're getting better there, but it's not gone yet. Public enemy number two, this could become number one is a recession. Mm -hmm. Which the Fed made that enemy themselves. Yeah. I mean, yields are still negative. So, I mean, they, they probably want to see that not be the case. Like on, on average, they're positive. Um, so that that's not great. So what is it right now? Nominal yield three point seven one percent. Real yields negative one point eight two, which is just subtracting inflation off of nominal yields. Um, so nominal yields are kind of low too compared to average, though. It's it's this is a a weird time, right? Because it, it it's also like how do you how are you in a recession when un, when employment is so strong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. The employment data is so weird, though. Like, did we literally track that every single week? Mm-hmm. And it's so weird. Like, I don't even really understand. But remember we were talking about how the like how they actually get the data is like dumb, but they can't change it. Yeah, they like call how like literally call people's like houses Landline. or jobs. Or, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like 
or yeah, employers and it, no one, it's, it's a really low, they had, I, I don't remember what the percentage is, but it's a really low percentage of people actually answer these surveys. Like, yeah. It, and it used to the be better, but not, it's like, it's like 30 great. or 40%. It's unbelievable. They must look at more data than they yeah. talk about. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, think about in today's day and age, there must be a better way to do that. Well, what's interesting is we have an interesting perspective on this. Like we, we work with a lot of clients collectively mm-hmm. and we're not, we're not hearing of people getting laid off left and right or things like no. that. I've heard there's been some people that have, mm-hmm. but not very much at all. So I kind of believe that data for the most part that I don't think that there's crazy layoffs. You are, you you see them in the headlines with like Google or Facebook or whatever layoffs, but those people probably get right back on their feet pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on the subject of rates, you can keep talking. I, I believe it was like last week or or the the week before that. Looking at the the futures, so basically the the betting on the probability of no change in rates in June or a hike in in June or an ease. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever yeah, it was probably two weeks ago, there was the highest probability was no change, and then a little bit towards ease. Now there's there's the probabilities are pricing at a forty three percent chance of a hike, and fifty six percent chance of no change, yeah. and then into July, seventy one point eight percent chance of a hike. So essentially, the further that you forecast that out, the more of a like less of a chance they're thinking there's going to be a hike, and then even further out they're thinking there's going to be an ease, which makes sense. But the, I think we all kind of think it's going to be higher for longer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, it's still it's right now. It's not looking like an ease until December. That's what they're thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it changes. Like when I look at this in an hour, it's going to be different. So um, is that long enough? I think though? everybody, per, a lot of people were predicting last year that we were like already going to be in a recession and that. Yeah. Like all this damage was going to happen quicker than it's happening. Um, It's very interesting. But it goes to show, like we always talk about, how hard it is to predict anything mm-hmm. in the markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of like the the economy is pretty damn resilient, right? That you know. So, but if you do keep the Fed rate this high for a long period of time, I mean, you are starting to see some some interesting, yeah. some not so good. News like in real estate and commercial real estate, obviously, yeah. it messed up the banking sector. So, some of this stuff like is coming. Yeah, probably. Well, and we were um, when we track this data, like I said, weekly, and they the University of Michigan their consumer sentiment study. That's like I don't know why they use the University of Michigan one, but that's always the one they use, right, Mark, for consumer sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking about how it went down. So the consumer's not feeling like too good about what's going on either. But it's interesting because um what was I gonna say? I forgot. You talking about consumer sentiment? Yeah. Oh, th- and this is what I feel like what people care most about for inflation, like they they freak out because they hear the inflation numbers and they're like, okay, one, I don't want there to be a recession. They know inflation's bad, but what do they really care about is their food bill, their grocery bill. Like at the end of the day, the average person is listening and like they're most affected by inflation 
if one, they're going to get laid off because of a recession and two, because of their grocery bill, right? That's where you feel it the most is in your grocery bill. But that's not going to like, if inflation like ticks down, your grocery bill is not going to come down for a while. No, no. It's probably not going to go down at yeah, all. It's it won't just not going to go up. Right. 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 Fast anymore. Yeah. Like some of it, I mean, the, the transitory parts of inflation, like some of that stuff does go negative, um, but it hasn't really happened a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I just looking for here? But the, so there are some like you guys said, are we in a recession or are we whatever earlier? Data isn't is getting a little bit worse. So like leading economic indicators have been getting worse. Um, it's not on here yet, but retail sales was a pretty big miss this month. Mm-hmm. It was expected. Uh, what was it? 0.8 percent gain, and it was it rose 0.4 percent. That's not good. Um, but people are spending their money on services right now. They're not buying like mm-hmm. computers and clothes. They're buying they're. But they're still going on trips, so like, yeah, you know, plenty of, of that going on. Um, and, and earnings have been really good, right? Mm-hmm. What, yeah, you had some data on that. They were surprised. Now they're we're still they're still technically like earnings recession, but they're back on the rise. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Earnings per share year over year uh, growth ten point nine percent versus the average from 01 through twenty twenty two eight point four percent. So that's a good number. Um, profit margins through quarter one, 11.8%. So one of the reasons why you're see, you're not seeing like the stock market just completely crumble. And we'll talk a little for about some other reasons in a little bit here, but, um, companies have been able to successfully pass along these higher costs to the consumer. So we're By just taking, raising prices. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So we're just, we're taking it on the chin, um, continuing to pay yeah. for stuff. Um, but something to be paying attention to is credit card balances are also not looking great. So 9.8% through quarter one, debt service ratio. Um, we're both, let's see here, credit card and auto delinquencies are approaching 7% through quarter one. That's a pretty big, steep incline. Same with the uh, debt service ratio. And then, let's see, revolving uh, consumer credit outstanding, definitely on the rise here, 1.2%. Um, and then the personal savings raise at 4.8%, which is the lowest level we've seen. In yeah, what's the average? Does it say the time. average? Average is 8.9%. Oh, double. Yep. And then revol- revolving consumer credit outstanding 6.3% of disposable income. So I, I think it's important to continue to emphasize this, that the, f- the f- bad news is good news. The Fed wants to see things get worse. That's the whole point of them raising interest rates because that's how inflation comes down. Yeah. Um, and the economy was way too hot. Yeah. And like you said, it's very resilient, Nate, probably mostly from all the stimulus during the, the pandemic. So it's kind of like uncharted waters. But for the fight against public enemy number one, bad news is good news. So bad economic data is good for inflation coming down. They just are trying to balance not breaking it, mm-hmm. which is what they're talking about. Like a <clears throat> mild recession or no, a no recession is always the goal. Soft landing, but a mild reset recession is always the best. They don't want to, they don't want to break, break this by raising interest rates. So that's why they pay so much attention to the data and they're trying to see like, okay, how much should we raise? Should we stop? 
because it's tough, right? And we've seen how skewed the data can be sometimes. Like, how can you make a good decision based off of that stuff? You know, mm-hmm. it's like tough. I feel like it's oh, it's really hard to be proactive. They're always, I feel like, very reactive with some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, so what is it? Twelve usually typically takes about twelve to eighteen months to feel the impacts of a rate mm-hmm. hike. So when like a lot of people have been anticipating them, you know, either stopping, going on pause or starting to reduce rates. Like if we were talking about this and we probably did a couple months ago, say, oh, yeah, it looks like June or July expecting rate cuts. My my struggle with now thinking that there's going to be rate cuts coming soon is it just doesn't make any sense. If it takes 12 to 18 months to feel the impacts of this and they just did it last last month. You won't feel the impact of a rate cut for so they a long did that time. for what reason? Yeah, to to just temporarily shock yeah. the system a little bit. Like if they're not going to keep them higher, then what was the point? Yeah. of doing it. So because we don't know what they're going to do with rates at the end of the day, let's just assume they don't raise again in the next Fed meeting. How does that impact our listeners? If let's say the Fed stops raising at least for the next couple of meetings, they don't ease, but like. The biggest probability is they raise another 25 or they don't raise it all. Right. Let's say they don't raise it all and they just stay. What is the impact on um, our listeners? And I guess it's not like a direct impact, but I guess what's yeah. the conclusion they should draw from that? Yeah, I mean, you could you could theoretically think that portfolios might hold up, do mm-hmm. decent. I would, I would think that markets would react positively to that. Yeah. Um, or at least not react negatively. Right. Know, at least neutral. Um, but like immediate impacts, I would say nothing. You're, nothing. you're gonna you're gonna still have higher credit card interest rates, higher cost of borrowing. Right, lending's gonna be harder to get your hands on stuff. Right, that, that should signal to you that the f- if if the Fed stops raising rates, that should f- signal to you that maybe they think they're winning against inflation. Yep. Finally, yep, mm-hmm. yeah. So that should be the takeaway. No, no more h- hiking rates looks like they think inflation is coming down yeah which is good yeah they would it would say that they they believe they've done enough and if they stay here mm-hmm. for a little bit longer they're, they've got it under yeah. control and, and, and the good news is because they they've had that whole transitory thing they've been very steadfast with we are going to we are going to keep doing this can you believe that they were saying that yeah and i, I try not to give are. them a lot of flack for that dude because like how is anyone gonna know and like they wanted to make it's all about like they have to taper expectations. So like during that time when the world was in chaos because of COVID, everyone was like the country is failing. Like what were they going to say? Oh, yeah, this yeah. this inflation thing we're literally done for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. But there are all there are also easy ways to say I don't know what the numbers were, but they put how many trillions of dollars on their balance sheet that money just went into the economy. Right. It, you know, we increased our debt levels by so much in such a short period of time that like you, you should be able to theoretically see that a little bit coming ahead of you at the very least. And that's where like, I think the banks, a lot of the banks that are in trouble really did get it wrong. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you not anticipate rate hikes? Yeah. Um, after they printed that much money, but yeah, no, I mean, they they did what they had to do. I don't think that they could have done a whole lot different. They could have printed less money, I would say, but mm-hmm. right. the reality <clears throat> is they had to do something. 
You were talking earlier about the percentage of companies in the S&P 500 that are still negative year to date. Yeah. I think this is something that people should understand. And so when you, it feels like it's really obvious that we're headed to a recession and that the stock market is going to go down. It, that's it, like, it, that just seems like very rational. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. What I feel like, and again, this is why it makes investing so hard is what a lot of people don't realize is like, there has already been a ton of pain in the market. Mm-hmm. If you go, if you go pull up, if you're listening, go look at the underlying holdings of the S and P 500 and filter by the worst performers first. And it's going to take you like 10 pages of going through the holdings until you're going to start to get to a positive returning stock. Right. And some of these are really, really bad. And that's, and that's with the year so far. Like we're, this is something we usually open with is like the data points mm-hmm. year to date. Where are we at year to date right now on the S&P 500? Like up 7 or 8%? Coming into today, yeah. It's like um, 7.91% on the S&P 500 and 24.74% on uh, the NASDAQ. Right. So t- 7 to 8% on the S&P 500 and 24% on the NASDAQ. Positive year to date. That's mm-hmm. really, really good. Yep. But- if you look under the hood, what percentage of the companies are still negative? 53%. 260 year to date, this is through yesterday. Um, 266 of the 500 companies in the S&P 500 are, have negative performance year to date. So, if you the I think they're the two biggest ETFs in in the uh, in the world, maybe not SPY and QQQ. SPY um, if you so again, that's seven point nine one percent year to date return on the market cap. So basically, based on their market cap, that that determines the percentage of the index themselves. <clears throat> if you do an equal weight, so every company in there is equally weighted, the performance of an equal weight S and P five hundred is negative point three nine percent year to date. Yep. What about like? Do wow. you have other data on like if that's you want to look at last year? Uh, I don't have that. Okay. Like right trailing here, twelve months, anything like that. Um, I can get it. If not, no big deal. But my point that I'm trying to make is you look at, maybe you look at the just the S&P 500 and you think to yourself like, oh man, we could go a lot lower than where it's at today. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense when you hear all the bad news and leading economic indicators are starting to point towards a recession and whatever. But the market's a forward thinking thing and the it's been pricing in bad stuff, mm-hmm. Right. And if you look at the underlying stocks, some a lot of these positions were down 70%, yeah. 80% at its worst. Mm-hmm. How much lower do we people want this stuff to go? Right. To zero? Right. Like so this is what makes investing so hard. It seems obvious we're probably going to recession and then the stock market's going to crash and whatever. But our like it's priced in a lot of bad stuff already. Mm-hmm. So has it, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I'm making my point here, but it's yeah. just it's not that simple. So here, this will this will help a little bit here. <clears throat> like Nvidia today is gonna pull the whole S and P five hundred up. I don't know what the S and P is right now today, but if Nvidia is up twenty five percent on the day, and they're what percentage of the S and P five hundred? Right. It's crazy. They're holding 2. up 1. so 1. much 8. of the bad mm-hmm. performers. Yeah. So it's not it's it's not yeah, that clear cut. Yeah, looking at the index like that, especially with like. How big tech is is really misleading. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. the S and P is supposed to be a proxy for the market, and it's like, is it really? So this is as of yesterday. T- 
to get back to the January of 2022 peak, we would need one year performance in the S&P of 18.3% from here, from yesterday, one year forward. To, to get, get to back, what? To get back to the January 2022 peak. Okay, 18% in the S&P 500 to get back to the peak where we were at. To set new all-time highs. Yep. Two years, you'd need a 9.7% average rate of return or 20.3% total. Three years, 6.9% or 22.3% total, and then five years, 4.8% average, or 26.5%. So we still got a while to get back, even though the, those companies and, yeah. and the net, like these, these indexes are doing pretty well this year. Um, we still got a lot to go before we get back to where we were. Um, I think that the concern is like how companies are starting to look pretty expensive again. So prices are, are compared to earnings, they're pretty expensive. Um, but is that true or is it kind of the same problem of the big five or 10 in the S&P 500 are expensive, <coughs> the def- but the other yeah. 90% aren't? Yeah, because it's, again, because it's weighted. It's not equal weight. Right. If it was equal weight, it would look a lot different than yeah. that. But based on the market cap, yeah. yeah. So people, just to make sure people, this is another good thing to learn. When you see the S&P 500, it's, the price of it is not simply just the all 500 companies averaged together. Mm-hmm. It's it's weighted to the bigger companies. Mm-hmm. Right? So so Apple, Facebook, 30% of the S&P 500 is just in the top 10 companies. 30? 30%. Yeah, there you go. So there's 490 companies in the bottom 70%. <laughs> I would love to see how those companies right. are looking. Apparently very bad. Because the equal weight would be negative. Right. And, yeah. You, and so yeah. when you think about, so is the, where's the crash? Where, yeah. Why isn't the stock market crashing? It has. Yeah. It's just the They're 10, the up. 30 yeah. are propping the whole thing up. So listen, this is even worse. So switch over to the NASDAQ, 100 companies, 57.8% from the top 10. 57.8% of the NASDAQ 100 mm-hmm. is from the top 10 companies. Mm-hmm. If you do the equal weight return, 11.68% compared to the, the index return of 24.74%. Mm-hmm. And then 26% of companies in the NASDAQ are negative. Year Which you cut the return in half if you equal weight it. Right. Right. <coughs> crazy. crazy. So, it, yeah, you're, you're seeing, I mean, let's see. Um, largest position in the NASDAQ is Microsoft. It's up 30.87% year to date. Apple. 12.46% of the index, up 32%. We'll go to NVIDIA before today. It was up 109%. Yeah. It's That's 5.5% of the any index. Any company that has some tie to AI is yeah. ripping, and everyone else is yeah. holding on for dear life. Yeah. yeah. Look, when looking at these top 10, there's one company that has uh, under 20% performance in the NASDAQ, and it's Pepsi, 2.3%. <clears throat> And then looking at the S and P 500 of the top 10, we have one negative United health group, negative 9.31. And then Berkshire's up 3.66%. Everyone else is up over 30% in the, just the top 10 holdings. So it's, this is a narrow market. So the reality is if, if there's news bad enough to bring these big ones down, we're going to see some 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 turmoil. I don't know. What would the news be to bring those a war, probably. <laughs> um, it, it take, so what What should our main takeaway be from the Fed meeting and inflation data? I'm thinking that 
the Fed thinks the fight against inflation is working. And you mm-hmm. can tell that based on if they're what, what their next interest rate decision yeah. is going to be. So they need to get PCE under control. What's um, PCE? That's personal consumption, consumer and uh, expenditures, personal consumer expenditures. Am I saying that right? Consumption and expenditures. Um, so that's like when you go to the store, like the actual stuff you're spending your money on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at estimated four and a half percent for April. It was four and a half percent month over month in May or excuse me, um, March, <laughs> um, we need that number to get down to like 2%. Mm-hmm. So there 2% is, is the target. Right. Um, Cause that's the stuff that you really feel mm-hmm. like that's your everyday yeah. spending. So if, if, and when that gets under control, then, then we're going to be in a really good spot. I think there's probably room for more uh, for another hike or two, but I still don't see the point if they're just going to cut them in right. three Which months. I, after I don't that. see them cutting. That'd be weird. Yeah. Like that'd I, be I, like going against what they say. Yeah. Which they want to do. Yeah. Um, like I, I think the move is, and I don't have a clue, but what they should stay do. Put, but stay Mark where we Temperato, are right now. chairman of the Fed board. <laughs> stay, stay where we are right we now until we're the all the Fed chair on the pod. Dude, I think that probably. he'd probably get on. Mark, this J-Pod? isn't a direct recommendation, but look into the camera. You are answering the question. What If I'm 20 to 50 years old, what should I do with my 401k right now? Look into the camera. 20 to 50 years old. <laughs> this isn't a recommendation, though, but look in the camera. I would buy a lot of equities. No, <laughs> dude, I saw I saw something this morning that the amount of people who own U.S. stocks is at an all time high right now. So they're they're taking your advice. I think that the the correct answer there, Mark, was nothing that I was waiting for you to say. But yeah, I mean, I guess that works too. Buy but the please. answer is nothing. Mm-hmm. People are probably asking that, like, what should I be doing with my four hundred and one k? Right? The answer so, is nothing. Ready right. for the, these performance? So asset class performance is the major ones. Large cap stocks up 7.9%, like we said. So that's your S&P 500. Mid caps up 0.7%. Small caps up 0.9%. All of the performance in the market is coming from the large caps. Mm-hmm. Go international. Developed markets are up 9.4%. Emerging markets up 2.4%. What about bonds? Bonds aren't doing a whole lot. Um, the U.S. ag up 1.67%. Does that include yield? No, yield is 4.68%. Mm-hmm. Yield's nice. Um, and then corporate bonds up 1.84% and the yield's 5.42. So that's that's where when you see them start to cut rates, you're going to see price performance on the ag and corporate bonds. Everything's going to start to go up price performance-wise. Right. But you'll start to see that yield eventually change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so inflation's it. getting a little better and we're just hoping to avoid a recession. Yeah. Yeah. Let's... Uh, Wrap this up. We got like five minutes. I'm good. Yeah, I think so too. The unemployment's still super low, 3.4%. Dude, that's a whole nother like beast though. That's such a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Consumer sentiment has been getting worse again, but. Um, Dude, if they can somehow keep, this is, if they can somehow keep it as a mild recession and unemployment doesn't go sky high, that's a win. Yeah. But like, does inflation come down meaningfully if un- unemployment doesn't go up very high? You know what I mean? Like, how low can you get inflation if unemployment doesn't go up? I think if you if you take if you're patient about it, it's going to come down. Right. It'll it'll that's where it's like you know leave them leave them where they're at right now for another year. Okay. Let leave them where they're at for long enough to where it's going to come down on its own without destroying the U.S. economy and you know crushing GDP you know spiking unemployment can they do that right um I, I mean i would think that the reality they should be able to right. um and then you know all the while while, while rates are higher 
you're getting paid a fair amount of money to just wait around, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you get close to 5% in the money market fund Sweet. right now. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty nice risk free rate of return. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Anything else? I don't think so. Um, as a reminder, we are now on video on Spotify. If you guys have been seeing that. Mark, no. I know that was your, that was your whole push. We are. I got it on there. Wow. So we are that. we are officially anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, the number one personal finance podcast in the world. Ooh, Any, you can anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can listen to us, and you can watch us. Um, but I think that's it for market updates, right? Yeah, I think right. so. Good Nate? I'm good. All right, guys, thank you for listening and watching the Master Dash podcast. We will catch you in the next one. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Security America Advisors, Inc. Dash Capital Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.